Thank you again for all the folks that made uh, yesterday happen and so much. How about our, our, the artwork that you see in the front? It was Owen that, that put all that together. He's like our art guy. So I'm calling him out. Woohoo! Very good. And uh, yep, one has one gift, one another. When I, uh, before we got married, I was a youth pastor for a few months over the summer in Connecticut, where we just went to visit our seventh grandbaby. And uh, the church actually rented a parsonage that I was in. I, ended up, I started out part-time. That's a whole other thing. I worked working in UPS in the, in the trucks at like 125 degrees in the summer. And then they felt bad for me. When, by the time I got married, I went full-time. But um, I had a couch, a chair, and a picture on the wall with this wire. <laughs> and that was it. And that's like the extent of my, my art. How many appreciate art? How many are artistic, and you would say, yeah, God kind of has made me artistic. Is anyone willing to? All right, see that? Thank God for these artistic people, or uh, the world would be a very barren place. And the randomness of God's perfect art. How many are noticing the constellations at night? You know the winter hexagon that has all those stars, and I, I used to be able to name all those off. The moon was kind of in the middle of it. It was really, really cool. And, but God, it's like there's, there's an order, and yet there's a randomness that makes it, makes it really fun. Hallelujah. All right, so we are going to go on 2x speed today, perhaps. So let's get our Bibles out if we can, be ready to roll. We are going to, this is actually week two in, in a new series on uh, maturing in Christ. If we could get that right up, that would be wonderful. We are also working on getting our back projector. If anyone, if anyone's gift is like climbing in attics and getting wires down and doing that sort of thing, we need you. Where'd Justin go? Is Justin here? He's the guy to do that. We need someone like that because then, then we could avoid me looking back and all this. So, all right. So, Lord, give me grace. If you just extend your hand to me and... Do that. Send your hand. And, oh, God, help this guy. Oh, God, help my oh God. So, Jesus, we need your grace right now. We're talking about maturing, growing spiritually. Spent a lot of time talking about moving forward in 2021 and, like, taking the promised land and capturing the enemy and really kind of destroying the enemy and, 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 and attaining things that God has for us. We've stopped going that direction because it's not... If we're not careful, we think that Christianity or living for Jesus is about us. But note what I said, living for Jesus is not about us. It's actually about him and our relationship with him. We exist because Jesus thought you were a good, you were a good idea. We were a good idea. You exist, let me say it like that, because Jesus thought you were a great idea. As these ladies were up there sharing what God has been um, reaffirming and speaking, and it's kind of a bummer because, and I've been to the encounter, there's a lot of special things that happen. It's like you want, those that are sharing are kind of limited to what they can say because it's like we want to give details of what God did, but we don't want to spoil it for the next person. It really is, the surprise of it is really, really awesome. Just saying that, okay? So, um, the road to maturity from principle to a person from principle as in 
uh, a principle would be a rule or a law or uh, um, something that we follow, a principle. Like we've heard of, has, has anyone ever heard of, I don't know, seven, we've heard of seven habits of highly effective people and it's like seven principles of effective leadership. And these principles are good things and they work. However, and we say this cliche a lot, God did not, uh, 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 coming to Jesus is not about keeping a bunch of rules, it's actually about a relationship. I'm going to spend a little time diving into that a little bit more. So, Father, I just thank you for this opportunity. And I pray, Father, that you would give me peace and that I would not be speaking a zillion miles an hour. But in all the stuff that's flowing to me, God, please limit this so I don't go on too many rabbit trails here. Lord, that, that you would minister life to every individual, just like you did to the ladies that were in encounter. You've got something special for us. Open our eyes, our spiritual eyes, our hearts, Lord, to receive, we ask. Just soften our hearts and, uh, and encounter us now, we pray, in the name of Jesus. So growing up spiritually, uh, I just want to re- recap something quickly. I've got a few slides here. I want to keep recapping quickly. Who's re- whose responsibility is it for us to grow and mature? Whose responsibility? It's a rhetorical question. First slide. <clears throat> I'm fully convinced that the one who began the glorious work in you will faithfully continue the process of maturing you and will put his finishing touches to it until the unveiling of the Lord Jesus Christ. So obviously, whose responsibility is that? I'm not God, so it's God's, okay? Next. Okay. He, God, Jesus actually, gave the apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers, what's known as like the fivefold ministry, those ministers, he gave them um, to equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ. Who gave the, the ministry gifts? God. God, okay. Who equips the saints for the work of ministry? God. We do. <laughs> God, with God's help. He gave the gifts. You notice it doesn't say he gave the gift of healing. He gave the gift of... These, these gifts are actually the person that God gives you. Like, God has given me in, at this moment in this role as, like, the pastor. I say like because I, I want to get into, like, my actual giftings. But as the senior leader or pastor of this church, my life is the gift, okay? God gives gifts. But if I don't do co-labor with God, I gave that away, if I'm not co-laboring with him, nothing significant is going to happen. All right, Um, let's just keep going on. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God to mature adulthood, and your Bible might say manhood, but some say adulthood, just to give the concept of growing up, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning and craftiness of deceitful schemes. There's nothing wrong with being a child when you're a child. But then it's time to grow up. And God doesn't spiritually want us to stay as children. I don't know. I don't have spiritual x-ray glasses. I don't even have glasses right now. I'm sure brought them. So I don't know. I might be like my auto-text. My, my auto-correct on my voice texting because I voice text a lot. Captain's log, sorry I'm voice texting, and uh, no, that's, that, that won't, thank you. And, um, and I don't want to be reading the scripture and then giving some crazy thing because I'm not actually seeing what I'm reading. So, so um, 
it's nothing wrong with being a child, but we're not to stay there. Children are moved by deceitfulness, and children are naive, right? Is that a bad thing? No, I mean, their hearts are pliable at this time. We are supposed to be uh, in putting into their lives so that they will grow the right stuff. God makes us like that. We're, when we're young, we're innocent. We're just like receive, receive, receive. And if we see, but receive a lot of bad stuff when we're young, we go to the encounter, and all of a sudden we realize, wow, I didn't even know how much junk I had in my life. A lot of that happened before the age of seven. A lot of that happened before the age of seven. And many of us could say, yeah, there's stuff that's happened before the age of seven. So, okay, rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. Okay, we were talking about whose responsibility is it to mature, to grow us up. God has a part, we have a part. We are co-laboring with God. Is God going to fail his part? If, if there's a problem, guess who's unplugged? Right? If there's a problem with the amp, if there's a problem with... It's not God. It's, it's us that, it's we that have the issue. Okay. So, next slide, if we could. And I was going to try that clicker thing, too. We've got to try that again. Grace and peace be multiplied to you. Whose part is that? Who gives grace and peace? God. Through the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. Whose responsibility is it to get that knowledge? Ours, okay? His divine power is granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Whose power? God's. Do we have any power of our own? Not a whole lot. Okay? Through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. Whose who's responsibility to get knowledge? Ours. And so the, the whole message last week was, was right around this thing. And actually these scriptures about the more that we know God, we could, the more that we mm, know God... Okay, there we go. The more his influence will grow, and that's right in that first chapter, grace and peace, the influence of God is multiplied to us. His power will flow. His divine power is giving us everything we need for life and godliness. And then I said his promises will show. I know it's hokey or corny or whatever, but it helps us remember. His promises, and I shared of how, and, and we just came back from Connecticut seeing number, number seven and seeing the grace of God and the effect of legacy and the promise of God on our life because I decided I was going to live for Jesus and not just do my own thing all those years ago. There's legacy that's happening. Has there been challenges? Has there been problems? Has there been difficulties? Yes, but in spite of that, his promises show, okay? So we're on the way to growing. Grace and peace are multiplied to us. And all these things, his power and his promises as we get to know the Lord, not just the Bible. I know people, and I went to Bible college, and some of us that have been to Bible college know there are people that have memorized great portions of this that have the character of some, I won't, I won't say, okay, that don't have the character that goes with it. Therefore, having memorized this does not mean that I have growth, because knowledge does what? What is not what's what's if I know a lot, I know, I know what I'm talking about. What does it do? It puffs up. It get, it makes you proud. Oh, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. Knowledge puffs up, but the Bible says love builds up. So it's not knowing the scriptures only in here. It's having that relationship with God, which is what we're getting into. The whole concept of maturing, the road to maturity. 
is from principles to a person. When we are young, when we start in school, there, it, it is so good, especially in America, that we have laws, although I don't know what's been happening to them lately, but I'm believing that they're going to be rearranged, okay? That we have laws, and that we have principles, and that we have rules because it governs society. Because when, when people get together, we revert to our lower selves. And we need the fences, we need the ropes. Notice there's no ropes in the back row. You are free to go back and sit in the back I was just going to move this up or pull. We'll just pull the pews up. All of them. How many say it? Anyone? Yeah, there we go. Otherwise, you put a platform on it and you can forget it. Okay. So, maturing, growing in the Lord. When we're children, principles, rules are okay. Rules are very good. God gave the Israelites rules. In fact, he wrote them the first time which was a lot easier. Give me a couple rocks, Moses, and God writes it on the rock. And then Moses, in his haste, smashes the rocks. And then it's like, then Moses apparently had to get more rocks and like stayed in the presence of God. And you're going to learn these rules, Moses. And so, you know, you and I, we would say, are the Ten Commandments good? We wouldn't have society without the Ten, without the Ten Commandments, right? They are good. But you know what? They are not rules for you and I as believers that will grow us in the Lord. In fact, they are the very instrument, the very thing that our enemy will use against us, our rules. And, and I'm going to get into that, okay? So, let's, let's move ahead here. Um, all right. So, I spent time, and I, I'm kind of rifling a little bit through, but... But we are, we're talking about growing in maturity. All I can do is use my gift to try to get something to you. Then we have to receive that and we have to actually walk it out. Like You don't grow into maturity by just listening to something. We understand that, right? But there's a process that happens. But if I can help to uh, make this a little bit easier, then, then we can concentrate and say, okay, God, here I am. I, you know, it's time that I really began to grow in you. And I've shared before that I thought by, by now, by now I thought that I would just know things, kind of like, like a Jedi or something, you know? It's like by now I thought I would just be able to, these are not the joy, just know certain things without, without um, having to pray or seek God. And, you know, when people could come and say, what great wisdom have you for us? Oh, you know, I need help with this. And yes, you need to do. You need to um, take your wife out for a day. You need to, you know. It's like all these different things that I thought I would just that I just know as I grew up. But what I found out is we don't actually growing in wisdom is growing closer to the person who has the answers. Okay, does that make sense? Growing in wisdom is not getting smarter. It's growing closer to the one who has the answers so that there's this, like, relationship right here. It's like, God, what do I say? God, what do I do? I wish when people call and I ask for advice or whatever that I would just instinctively know, but I don't. I'm like, Jesus, what are you saying? Because, you know, the Bible says, answer a fool according to his folly. And I think it says first, don't answer a fool according to his folly or you'll become like him. And then it says... Answer a fool according to his folly and, uh, or, and, and something else. And it's like, which one is right? Like, what do I do? 
It's, it's listening to what God is saying in that moment. Because like, I don't know, for instance, if someone's on the ledge, ready to jump off, and you're trying to give them some counsel, we, we need to be very careful with what we say. I mean, I could say something like, you know, cheer up, it's going to get better, and, and you know, your fam- or I could say something like, you know, all the people that you're leaving behind, your family, you know, they love you, or, you know, and I could say something like that. Meanwhile, they're really bitter towards all their family, and then they're thinking, if I jump, I'm going to hurt them all, so I'm going to jump. See how it can be twisted like that? So we've got to know in the moment. That was kind of a radical thing, but a lot of times it's just which road do you take? Which, should I get off on this exit? Have you ever been driving along and then you've had an urge to get off on an exit or to take a, a go a different route? And you've been like, I'm not doing that. And you just drive on and traffic is stopped and you're there for an hour and a half. Has that ever happened? No, because we live in Camp Pennsylvania. There's no traffic that would stop you for an hour and a half. But if you, go out of the, <laughs> if you go out of the area, I'm like, God, please don't. When we were coming back from seeing grandbaby number seven the other day, out in Connecticut, I'm like, thank God I'm not living in this. As we're coming back on 80, 84, which goes all the way from Scranton all the way like to the East Coast, um, I look in the other lane. There is like, there's a, an accident. There's five lanes, maybe six. We're on like five, and they're on five. There's an accident in like one of the lanes, and there's, there's fire trucks and all that all across every lane. No one is getting around. And it might have been a, a bad accident, but it didn't like blow up or, you know, it, it was just, a, it was one lane and the traffic was backed way, 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 way back. All that to say that could, all that to say, I'm thankful that that didn't happen. But, but, but as we grow in maturity, we also grow in hearing the voice of the Lord. That's all something separate. And I'm not sure how far I can get into this, but I'm going to read these scriptures for, um, and um, just trust God to bring some things out because these are really pretty awesome scriptures. So then, just as you have received Jesus Christ the Lord, continue to live, and this translation says, dependent on him. To continue to live dependent on him. How do we receive Jesus Christ our Lord? It's by grace through faith, period. Okay? I do want to read and not start preaching. So then, just as you receive... Jesus Christ the Lord, continue to live dependent on him. For you have been rooted in him and are being built up and strengthened in the faith, just as you were taught while you continue to be thankful. Verse 8, see to it that no one enslaves you through philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the basic principles of the world. Is that highlighted? According to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. According to the, what are you talking about? The basic principles of the world. Remember the laws. We need to don't touch this, touch that, do this, do that. Those are the basic principles of the world, not being led by the Spirit of God. So he says, see to it that you're not that no one out there enslaves you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition according to the basic principles of the world. I'm, uh, I'll, let me keep reading, it'll make more sense. For you being dead in your sins, he has made alive with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that are against us, which was contrary to us. I've seen a lot of different, I've read a bunch of translations here, and 
no one, many of the translations are not wanting to flat out say what, this, what that actually means. What are the handwritings and ordinances that are contrary to us? I'm telling you, it is the commandments that were written on stone. Those ten commandments that are great for society, that we have to have as a cornerstone. If you and I as believers try to keep them, you, you and I will live the most miserable, defeated life that we could possibly imagine. Because we have gone back to principle instead of a relationship with the person. So it actually says that he has taken it, the Ten Commandments, out of the way, nailing it to the cross. Wow, the cross trumps the Ten Commandments? Oh yeah. Having stripped rulers and... What does this mean? Having stripped rulers and authorities um, of their power, he made a show of them publicly, triumphing over them in it. By God doing away with the rules, nailing them to the cross, the enemy who still tries to use that in our lives today, the power that he had was broken because the enemy's main tool, Satan's main tool against us. We do have an enemy. We were born into a war zone. We cannot see them, but see them with our eyes. But there is a battle. Okay, The main tool of the enemy is condemnation because you are not keeping the Ten Commandments correctly because you're not living right. And every time that you sin and do something wrong, that's what the enemy uses against you. That's what God nailed to the cross. Jumping ahead, uh, verse 16. I guess we already kind of jumped a little bit. Therefore, okay, let no one judge you because of what you eat or drink. Now, I'm going to... I could camp on this, okay? But I'm not going to, I don't think. Or about the observances of holy days, new moon festivals, or weekly worship days. How do we, let me say that in today's vernacular. Therefore, let no one judge you because of your, not just your diet, whether or not what you eat, whether you eat something that's kosher or not, what you drink, whether you drink something that's hard or not, whether your seltzer says white claw or not. <laughs> right? Like, what are you saying? This is what it's saying. Let no one judge you because of what you drink or what you eat or drink or about the observance of when or what day or whether or not I, I should go to church. If you're here because you should go to church, you need your self-adjusted, your attitude adjusted. And like God kept us, after our time in, in California when we, we thought we were moving out of the area and the Lord kept us here, we visited other churches and stuff, and there was, a, there was a time when we realized there was no fellowship we could have. We could only have it as a family. And for a while, we were just meeting as a family. And it, I was like, ah, I don't even believe in this, you know? I'm like, I'm not even going, going to church, and I'm like, not even believing in this. There may be a time in your life, especially because Christians, God is great, but Christians are often messed up, that God will say, No. I don't want you going. And you say, what are you saying? Your pastor's not supposed to say that. Be that more defense. No, no, because I'm, I'm not, I, I really believe that you and I are free. We are free people. We are free believers. We don't go to church because we should go. We're not going to church. We are the church. We gather together because we love the Lord. We want to worship. We want to be encouraged. The Bible says, don't forsake assembling yourselves together as some are in the habit of doing, but try to get together basically as much as possible that you might encourage one another daily as 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 it's approaching. 
Well, now we have social media that could either be used for a lot of evil or it could be used to encourage you. How many people, by a show of holy hands, have ever used social media to be encouraged by the Lord? Okay, it's a good tool, right? But that same tool could be used for something bad. And you could say alcohol. Okay, whew, the lady that went over the hill on a bike. Bring in the alcohol. You know, it's like her arms all over. Pour on the alcohol. It's like, okay, great use. Well, that's the use for, that's why God made alcohol, so that you pour it on wounds, right? I don't know. What else are we supposed to do with it? <laughs> it's, <laughs> I'm telling you that you are free. But I'm telling you, God, the Paul, Paul the Apostle says, in our freedom... <laughs> As the more the more we mature and grow up, the less the less freedoms I have standing up here than many of you, because you know if I were to open a, a Bud Light up here, it might cause someone to stumble. <laughs> and if I were to open it at home, I, it, it would probably cause me to stumble because I'm like, no, it needs to be like a high quality craft beer. No, I'm so, sorry, <laughs> I didn't say that. So, <laughs> the Bible is clear: in Christ we are free. And then Paul says, now, I just want to say something. Everything is permissible, permissible for us in Christ. Everything is permissible for us. But I will not be mastered by anything. Ooh. Everything is permissible for us, but not everything is beneficial. Ooh. Okay? So as adults, what's the difference between, one of the major differences between an adult and a child? As adults, we get to choose what we will partake in and children, no. No. Shut up. No, we don't say that. Not shut up, but no, you're not. You know, it's like we're giving them rules, or, you know, we, and we're trying to get them off of rules onto relationship as they grow, so they're not just making these decisions in their heart. But if I were to, I'm telling you, when I was a youth pastor in Connecticut, we were just out there, um, during those six years in Connecticut, there was a, a church, there was this guy that was a great youth pastor, had a great... Great um, group of kids, and, and yet he, his message was like, you need to not have sex, you need to not have drugs, you need to, it was like preaching against sin continually rather than preaching Christ. There is a difference. And what happened was the kids were always going out getting hammered, and the Many of the girls were pregnant. And it's like, is there anything wrong with being pregnant? It is for me. <laughs> you know, it's like, it would be a sin. <laughs> okay. And for many of you, it would be a sin. But for others, you know what I'm saying? So, preaching holiness. Is God holy? Now, I do preach, I believe in preaching holiness. But it's completely different. It's from principle to person. From principle to person. So this scripture continues on. And it says again, I'm going to read it. See that no one, wait, let me get back to 16. Therefore, let no one judge you because of what you eat or drink, about whether or not you go to church, where you go to church, whether you observe this day or that day, whether or not you have Christmas trees in your house. Some people have strong, strong opinions on that. And it's like, it's too stupid to have a strong opinion on, okay? Just let it go and enjoy the... Well, what if the spirit of Christmas is an evil spirit? Well, then, look, cast it out of you, you know, or whatever. I don't know. If you and your household don't want to have a Christmas tree, what, what am I saying? It's not about a Christmas tree. 
It's about you choosing what culture you want to have for your family. Do they believe in Santa Claus? And obviously, you know, as Christians, as a, as a, you know, when I got to Pennsylvania, he flew over, pull, you know, it's like, stop, okay. Are you, are you following, are you tracking? You're like, what, is, what are you saying? I'm trying to just tell you that you, as a believer, are free. The more we mature, now, now why do we have places like, you know, AA and, thing, and things like that? Why do we start to get some rules back? Because if we have continual issues and we're not able to have this relationship and be mature in our relationship, then we put rules on ourselves. Like, I'm an accountability partner with someone related to porn. It's because the person said, I don't want to, in a, in a weak moment, just be out on my own. And so, you know, I get, you know, a printout for that. And my desire, it's like, this person is an adult, doesn't have to do that, just wants to put some guidelines down in this season. There's nothing wrong with that, okay? But eventually, as we grow, the, the concept is that we would be completely free. Free to do something, free not to do something. Does that make sense? So I just want to be careful. On the one hand, I really want to hammer the freedom part. On the other hand, don't, please don't, I'm just asking you not to, I'm not telling you. <laughs> please don't run out and test the freedom. I'm going to test this because that pastor said we could, because I've already shared, and maybe I'll share it again. When I was in Bible college, the dean of students was learning a lot of the freedoms we had in Christ, did not know he came that, that the sins of his fathers was a, an alcoholic tendency. So he went out to just test, you know, me. It's like, for many, it wouldn't have been an issue at all. For many of you, it's not an issue, okay? For him, him, when he went out, he one led to another, to another, and he's just like, he got, he got, I'm telling you, the guy had some intestinal fortitude. He got up in front of the whole student body, and he's like, I have a drinking problem, and I'm the dean of students. And it's like, and what an amazing thing to do, you know, to actually just like put it out there. And people are like, oh, and he's like, this is what happened, you know. I, I thought I'm going to try my, test my freedoms. And, and it ended up that he, he had some alcoholic tendencies, and he was put under some guidelines for a while. But now that's been gone years and years and years ago. That's been like 30-some-odd years ago that that happened. And he's been successfully living. But, but now knows, like, I mean, that's, that, it's like freedom in Christ doesn't mean let's go to the edge of the Grand Canyon every time and try to, like, you know, hang over, like, Schmeagel or whoever, you know. Like, let's, living in freedom is not walking the edges. I want to say that, okay? Living in freedom is not how close can I get without going over. It's not even thinking about it. As an adult, um, you know, I drive part-time. When I'm driving down the road with, you know, a larger vehicle, I'm not thinking about the lines. Oh, I got to make sure I stay in this line. I got to make sure I stay. Unless you're on like 706 and there it goes, and you're just like, keep me in these lines, you know. I'm not thinking about the why. I'm just naturally staying in the lines because I'm an adult and I'm driving. That's why we stay in the lines. Does that make sense? So when it comes to these freedoms that we have, being an adult doesn't mean we're going and testing every, the edge. It's like, no, I'm, I, I already know. I've grown up. I know what, I, I kind of know what some of my 
vices are. <laughs> Some of my challenges are. Many of us as adults, we would know this. It's like, you know what? My dad was a Marine, and he didn't have any tattoos, and he didn't drink, and he didn't smoke, and he didn't chew. Right? None of that. And, and he never, you know, it wasn't like he sat me down like, you're not going to drink. I just saw that he loved my mom, and I saw them growing up. I had, I had good parents, but when I went to my encounter, I realized they weren't perfect parents, okay? I had good parents. But um, anyway, so, um, so the reason I didn't have drinking, you know, it's like as far as I know, there wasn't any alcoholism in my family. I can, I've shared with you, when I, the summer I was coming to the Lord, I would go out with my friends and get drunk, and I would wake up and just feel terrible. And I remember making that decision. I, was, I thought I was so holy, you know. I am not getting, I'm not drinking anymore. I'm only getting high from now on. That was my decision. And, that, and that's, what I, that's what I did for like two more months, and I gave my life to the Lord, and I threw it out. And anytime I would smell marijuana, I'm just say that, I'd, I'd start to have a panic attack for like 30 years. <laughs> Maybe not quite that long. But because when we were in California, it was like in the air. I'm like, oh, Lord. But that was the first time in many years that I could actually smell it and not have a panic attack because of how I got saved. So all that to say, I do want to finish up. It's all about a relationship with the Lord, not rules and regulations. So if we could go to the next, the next slide there, Jordan. If, so if you've died with, with the Messiah, with Christ, to the basic principles of the world, why are you submitting to his decrees as if you still lived in the world? Don't handle this. Don't touch that. Go right ahead. Uh, again. All of these things will eventually be destroyed. I'm just saying that. As they are based on human commands and t- traditions. These things have the appearance of wisdom. And promoting self-made religion, humility, harsh treatment of the body, but they have no value in self-indulgence. And what is he talking about there? Back in the day, if you wanted to prove that you really love the, you know, love God, there would, there, you know, asceticism. You ever heard that word? Where it was like you deny yourself of everything. You even like cut yourself and all. It's like it's really demonic. You know, it's like it's like I'm going to put myself under a bunch of rules to show how much I love God. How many of you have been doing that, even accidentally or? Incidentally, I don't know. Even without thinking about it, how many of us are trying to keep rules instead of a relationship and being led by the Spirit of God? Is there another slide or two? Did I put anything at the end? As, as we mature, as we grow up in Christ, we grow from, from obedience to rules or principles to a relationship with the person, Jesus Christ. Um, Visiting in Connecticut, I'm about to pray. We were visiting in Connecticut. Now, little Keenan is my number four, wait, uh, number four grandbaby. Keenan's little brother now is, is Maverick. But little Keenan, um, when we're away, uh, he's, during the whole um, quarantine thing, we quarantined together. They came here and they ended up getting stuck here um, in, in Pennsylvania with us and doing a bunch of work on the house and all that. And Deb had the heart attack and they were there for all that time. I got to know little Keenan, and then as he came back, I got to know him. I'm kind of like his like, most special person. Like, his only right that I be his most special person. And so, Mikhail will say, oh, he's showing me, he's saying pop, 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 and every time he wants to see pop, pop on the phone. So, I go there, right? Pop, pop's there. Pop, pop goes, pop, pop, like, comes down and surprises him, and 
You know, we spend time together. And interestingly, while I'm there, sitting on the couch, he gets up, grabs the phone, holds it to his, shows his mom, and says, pop, 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 pop. And I'm like, maybe it's not me. Maybe it's the, you know, maybe it's the airbrush. Maybe it's the, she has all her photos like, no, I want that pop, pop, because he doesn't look like that old guy. He's like perfect, you know. Maybe it's the rip tabs. You know what I'm saying? In other words, he's grabbing this that gives us an image or, or um, God's word that is printed in here. Many of us can have, we can even read this and try to have a relationship with this. This is just a book, okay? But when it comes out of here into here, it's the living word of God. So many of us, are trying to, like Kenan, Jesus is like, I'm right here. And it's like, I'm, you know, I'm going to try to keep, I'm, you know, I'm going to stay away from this person, I'm going to do that, and I'm going to make my resolutions. It's funny, was it, was it you that sent the resolution thing? Oh, at the beginning of the year, I don't know, it was like a college thing. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had a hard time with it because he just said, hey, do you, do you believe in resolutions? And the reality is, no. And the reason, it's not that I don't believe in setting goals, it's I don't, find the power of putting rules on myself to work very well, okay? It doesn't work well. Some people can put the rules on them and, you know, lose the weights exactly and all that stuff. For me, it's not like that. It's like I have to, I have to have this, like, okay, God, what are you saying? It's like with diet and all that. It's like it wasn't until I saw the scale hit 281, two. 81, okay? Grams. <laughs> that I'm like, okay. That which my wife has said, I shall. I, you know, and it was just like, okay. God, you got to help me. And boom, you know. 181. Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. <laughs> okay, but we're on our way. We're nowhere. We're, we're much further down than that now, but it was like up there, okay? All right, we can stand, we can stand, we gotta, we gotta end. Thank you, Lord. Guys, yeah, if you just pull something up so we don't have to have anyone up there. So God, I just thank you right now for the body of Christ, these, these free people. Lord, these are not some, some pastor's sheep. They're not sheep, they're people. And God, they're, they're, every one of my brothers and sisters are free. They are, if there's any children, it's still under the guidance of parents. But as adults, we are free. And I want to declare that the, the Word of God says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. And that means mature sons and daughters of God. Which would indicate as well that if we are not led by the Spirit of God, but we, are, but we have to be controlled by rules, we are still children of God, but we are not sons of God. Sons means we get the keys. Sons mean that we, we, we receive responsibilities and all these things. As many as are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. So God, I pray for every one of us that we would not be rule keepers, but that the rules written, the, the, the love of Christ written on our heart would far exceed the minimal rules, even those that were spelled out in the Ten Commandments. Far exceed them. God, that we would have a, a living relationship with you and that we would truly be free. And we'd be able, when we're telling others about the Lord, 
We're not telling them of everything we had to give up to go to church. Dear Lord, help us with that. But rather, Father, we are talking about how you, how we have a living relationship with you, how we stumble here or there, but now we are overcomers and there's great freedoms and we get to use our gifts in the kingdom of God. And this is what we were made for and not principles and rules. Lord Jesus, I pray. If you're in here today and you've never actually initially had a relationship with the Lord that you're, you don't know, really, you don't know the Lord. It's very simple. Very simple as saying, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for me, and saying it not with just our mouth, but from my heart, I believe you died for me, here's my life. Can we do that together? Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe that you gave your life for me. I give my life to you. Very simply that. And if you've done that, he receives that, you are born again, you are a believer You are in the family. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I just pray blessings right now. I just thank you for for, uh, the, uh, the opportunity, Lord, just to meet together today. And, Lord, the power of this, as we continue in maturity, Father, as we go out. God, I pray that as we would go out, we would go out being led by your Spirit and say, Jesus, what are you saying about this? I want to do this. What are you saying about it? I want to. And it could be, I don't know, trying something. It could be related to food. It could be related to to uh, um, um, alcohol. It could be these things. But God, what are you saying to me? What are you saying? I want to be led by your spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you all. Thank you for sharing. If you need prayer, if you'd like prayer for anything, we'll have a couple people behind here to pray. Otherwise, God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful week as free sons and daughters of Jesus Christ. Amen.